0: it's another beautiful day for baseball in los angeles and baseball podcast josh schaefer and blake harris
1: cover everything dodgers right here on inside the ravine how's it going everyone and welcome back to a brand new episode of inside the ravine joining me as always is my co-host josh schaefer Live from my Christmas themed apartment is Blake Harris. Josh, we're just a few days away from you getting in on the fun, you finally getting into the Christmas cheer that I've been uh, enjoying for the last three weeks. You,
0: you screwed me over, man. My girlfriend listened to our last episode and was like, you know what, if you want me to stick around, (laughs) you're gonna need to get used to the Christmas music before Thanksgiving. So thanks for that, Blake. She heard what you did and she put her foot down. So now that's what we're doing. Um, she's yeah. gonna put up the the Christmas decorations today at home, by the way. I think she's doing it right now so um so there's that and I'm gonna blame you for eternity. I will there not comply, go. but you you will be blamed,
1: yeah, for those that missed our episode, you know last week, we talked about how. My Christmas stuff has been up since November 1st, but Josh is in the firm belief that you can't uh, listen to Christmas music, watch Christmas movies, enjoy the holiday season until, you said Black Friday, right? Day after Thanksgiving is your, oh, yeah. your official beginning. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I mean. Josh, it's a perfect thing to transition to because I quickly want to talk about our poll. So we posted last week asking, which side are you on? Are you on Team Blake? Christmas music now? Are you on Team Josh? Not until Thanksgiving. And Josh, this came down to the wire. It came down to the final minutes, but more people are on Team Josh, just slightly though—fifty-three point one percent to my forty-six point nine percent. So a near split, you know, decision. But slightly more people are on your side. Where uh, Christmas doesn't begin until Friday. So again, just three days away, you can officially begin, and you know, have to do uh, three weeks worth of catching up because I've been in full swing since November first. I'm just glad I finally won something. It took a while, right? Right. This is the one. It wasn't a draft. This is the one. This hey, is of, that I'm going to speak, win. On. Speaking of drafts, maybe Josh can uh, keep this up because uh later we're going to be doing our first draft in quite some time. We're going to be doing the best Thanksgiving side dishes. So with Thanksgiving just a couple days away, we're going to be drafting our best Thanksgiving side dish. So Josh maybe you can go two for two and uh develop a winning streak when it comes to the polls, but you're going to have to draft a good lineup because maybe. uh people people take Thanksgiving really seriously. When it comes to uh, what they put on their plates, so uh, we'll have to see what happens so stay tuned for that later in the show but Josh not a whole whole lot of news to get to that we didn't really cover last week there is kind of one big piece that we kind of hinted at last week but it became official and that's the fact that Cody Bellinger was non tendered by the Dodgers and he is now a free agent so before we get to Cody Bellinger Josh just a quick other thing. He wasn't the only dodger that was non-tendered edwin rios was also non-tendered and luke williams who we were going to talk about whenever we recorded another episode but turns out we don't have to because if you're out there listening don't worry you're not you know forgetful or missing anything that luke williams suited up for the dodgers at some point last year because he didn't he was claimed off waivers a few weeks ago and uh never officially got a number i don't think josh so Luke Williams is gone, but before we talk about Cody Bellinger, just your quick thoughts on Edwin Rios uh, being non-tendered because that came as a bit of a a bit of a surprise.
0: Yeah, I I think it did. And that's something that um, I wasn't really expecting Um, based off of, you know, our conversation on our last show. I think that we both kind of assumed that um, that Bellinger probably would not get tendered, Um, but I am definitely surprised about Edwin Rios. Um, Ed, ed You know, Rios was a player that a couple years ago came up and was a really good asset for the Dodgers, and there was even a point, remember, almost two years ago now where people said, you know what, Justin Turner's been great, but maybe he's not worth the money. Like, Edwin Rios should be the full-time third baseman, and that was not going very well, even after they brought back Justin Turner. Uh, Rios was not having um, the success that I think a lot of people expected that he would have, Um, and now it's even gotten to the point where we really haven't seen him, whether it be based off of performance or, or obviously the injuries that he's had. Um, so a little bit of a surprise, mostly because I didn't, I just didn't expect him to be in the conversation of getting non-tendered. But here we are, um, and uh, and he was
1: uh, included on that short list. Yeah, I mean, it was a bit of a surprise because this is a guy, he's been with the Dodgers now for four seasons, only has 112 games under his belt, but during that time has 20 home runs. That's 162 game pace of 29 home runs, and at one point he had like some insane stat where it was like only Babe Ruth averaged more home runs at bats than edwin rios was and even last year josh i think like entering june edwin rios was second on the dodgers in home runs and then he got injured missed a couple months but once he was back he was pretty much in the minors the rest of the season and i guess the dodgers just have other options on their bench that they prefer over edwin rios defensively he's not that great and although he offers home run upside he does strike out a lot so maybe now he gets a chance to go to another team get a chance to start there get a refresh but yeah like i said a solid bench piece, but it just goes to show how deep the Dodgers yeah. are
0: yeah and I'm, I, I want to I even clarify like it's not surprising to me that he's not in their future plans. I yeah. am surprised um, to an extent that maybe he's not a bench piece for them in the future but the time has passed for him to be really considered as as a legitimate Dodgers um, plan or option in the future it was a bench piece or maybe they would even explore a trade um, and because again like you said I mean he'd be reliable for another team, um, but he'd probably be a bench piece for the Dodgers. So, um, you know, that, that's why I find that a little bit surprising, but, but ultimately uh, I think it's a move that, that the Dodgers are, are, you know, especially more willing to make for somebody like Rios who just hasn't played very well or very much for them in the last year.
1: Yeah. I mean, he has a career OPS plus of one Oh nine, and that's saying something considering in 2021, it was negative two. So he's an above-average hitter, just again, defensively not great and doesn't really offer you much more upside than what the Dodgers have on their bench. So sucks to see Edwin Rios go, but the biggest news was Cody Bellinger being non-tendered. I think we both agree, Josh, that was kind of our prediction last week when we talked about it, but it's official. Now, obviously, Cody Bellinger can still come back. I think Andrew Friedman said last week when he spoke to the media they would like Cody Bellinger to return, but... Like we talked about, $18 million is just too much money for a player of his caliber when he's arguably the worst hitter in all of baseball. Now, if they're able to bring him back on a one-year deal for $10 million or so, you're getting them at half the price. I'm sure that's something the Dodgers will be looking forward to, but as expected, it sounds like his market is really heating up. So many teams want to take a shot at a guy that just won MVP a couple years ago. I mean, I don't blame them. I would want to take a shot also. So what are your thoughts on uh, Cody Bellinger potentially returning, or do you think just uh, this is officially the? end and he'll uh try to restart somewhere else well it's disappointing because he is a fan favorite um
0: and he is a very likable player but um he's just a guy who hasn't gotten better in fact he's gotten worse i mean you know he's changed his swing three or four times um mean, we talked we talked with uh jerry harrison jr you know a couple shows ago and and jerry said the same thing like it's frustrating because not only is he a terrific center fielder, one of the best defensive center fielders in baseball, but he has sky-high potential when it comes to you know his offensive capabilities and they just haven't panned out. Is he going to run into a home run every once in a while and is he going to absolutely destroy that home run? Yeah, but it's just not panning out the way that I think a lot of people, especially Andrew Friedman, um, expected it to. So um, do I think that this is likely the end of, of Cody Bellinger in, in a Dodger uniform? Yeah, I, I think it is. Um, and I think it's disappointing to an extent, but also how many chances do you get and and, and when is time going to run out? I think that that time might be now. Would I like to see him come back on maybe a more team-friendly deal? Absolutely. I would love that um, for all of the reasons that I stated before. And I think that that potential is still there. Um, of course, Andrew Friedman did say that they, first of all, Bellinger's a Scott Boris guy. Um, so yeah. we already know how those negotiations were probably going. Um, but... Um, Friedman did say, obviously, we talked with him and we decided to non-tender. So, obviously, um, we didn't get what we wanted out of those conversations. Um, But he also did leave the option on the table to go back and sign him and and be in the talks with him as a free agent, get him back on a more team-friendly deal, which I would love to see. Um, And I think that would be a good option for Cody. Or, you know, he goes elsewhere where somebody's offering him a lot more money and a longer contract, a safer contract for him, where he can secure more um, safety for the future. Um, so I would love to see the Dodgers go after him and see what they can do. And, you know, Andrew Friedman did say that, that, that is an option and that they would love to have him back, um, in a different, bring him back in a different way.
1: Yeah. I mean, there are pros and cons as to what's going on with Cody Bellinger. The pro is, I guess Scott Boris did come out the other day and say, we're only looking for a one-year deal. I guess teams have offered multi-year contracts, but Scott Boris wants him to get a one-year deal. And then I guess bank on him bouncing back, maybe with another team opening up the chance of earning more money next off season. So if that's the case, that's actually beneficial to the Dodgers because I don't think that they were, they'd be willing to offer him a multi-year deal. If they say, Hey Cody, again, we're willing to give you a one-year deal for again, $10 million that I threw out. I don't know if that's even close, Maybe he says, you know what, I'll come back for another year. I'll try to figure it out for $10 million. But like I said, I think with so many teams probably bidding for him, I think he might get close to that $18 million that the Dodgers didn't want to pay him just because you're going to have teams that are really willing to risk it with him. So if he gets a one-year 16 $17, 18000000 million deal from whether it's the Blue Jays, whether it's the Giants, whether it's the Cubs, I wouldn't be surprised as well. So at the end of the day, for Cody Bellinger, I know I say this for Cody Bellinger, but really for Scott Boris, since it seems like he pretty much controls everything. He's the one saying, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm turning down two-year deals. Well, does Cody want to do that, or is that what Scott wants to do? So if Cody wants to make money, he won't be back. If he just wants one more shot with the Dodgers, I definitely think that there's a realistic shot because, Josh, if you look at the current outfield options on the Dodgers right now, it's not great without Cody Bellinger. You have Mookie Betts, who's your guaranteed right fielder, barring them signing another superstar and moving Mookie to second base, which we can get to in the rumors or another episode. But outside of Mookie bets, you have Trace Thompson, who had solid runs with the Dodgers last year but disappeared in October, and I don't know how much you want to rely on him for a full season. You have Chris Taylor, who had by far his worst season as a Dodger since he came over to Los Angeles. And then you have James Outman, who the Dodgers chose not to give at-bats to, pretty much down the down the uh, final stretch of the season. You have Andy Páez, who likely isn't going to be ready at any point next season. And I might be missing one, but uh, it's not great. It's not great, the current outfield options, if you don't bring back Cody Bellinger.
0: Yeah, and, you know, I, first of all, I do want to say if the Dodgers do go get a different right fielder, um, would, for me, would like to see Mookie in center rather than at second base, um, but that's me. Um, and yeah, I mean, the options aren't great
1: unless they go out and get somebody else, which used to say Johnny DeLuca is the other one that I forgot. So he's with no big league experience. He's your other option as well.
0: Exactly. And that's somebody that we talked about last week where the Dodgers like his potential and who knows, maybe he could, and obviously they protected him um, from the rule five draft. So, um, so who knows, maybe he is somebody that the Dodgers see a future with within the next couple of years in the big leagues great. That's all fine and well, but right now the Dodgers options are James Outman who burst onto the scene, but then didn't see much of him down the stretch. Chris Taylor, who had the worst year of his career as a Dodger, um, but obviously would expect more from, from Chris Taylor in the future. Um, and then, um, a couple of other players that I feel like aren't really going to factor in and trace Thompson great was great, but not great down the stretch. So who knows? Um, but Anything could change in a couple of months. Who knows? Cody Bellinger could be back, and if he is, I think that's a great option for the Dodgers, at least defensively. Um, but who knows? I mean, again, the Dodgers did with all of these deals that they've had, or the non-deals that they've had, have shed over a hundred million dollars um, off of their off of their current hit, which or from of yeah. what they had last year. So there's a lot of room to do something. And I'm interested to see how they're going to spend it, if they're going to spend it, where they're going to spend it. Um, but but obviously there's a lot more room than there used to be with them just hacking that right off their total um, from, yeah. from what it was going into the offseason.
1: Yeah, I mean, like you said, $100 million that they've already pretty much cleared by not re-signing guys, letting guys walk. So they can get creative, whether that's with trades, whether it's with free agents that you know we're not expecting, like a Mitch Haneker, a Brandon Nimmo. Again, maybe they'd opt to bring back Cody Ballinger if they bring him back for a one-year $14 million deal. You're still saving $4 million than if you would have tendered him a contract. So there's a lot that could happen. But Josh, I think that's actually a good transition into just the latest rumors surrounding the Dodgers. The first one I want to throw your way because I know we've kind of briefly mentioned it here and there over the last couple weeks. But again, it seems like this whole Aaron Judge thing is just picking up more steam. It sounds like more reporters are saying that Mookie Betts is willing to move to second base, which was... You know His primary position years and years back, he moved to the outfield with the Red Sox because they had Dustin Pedroia at second base, so Mookie Betts, it's not like he's playing a brand new position. This is a position I think he set on record he eventually wants to move back to, so what are your thoughts on this whole thing that if the Dodgers make a run at Aaron Judge, they uh, keep him in right field, and you move Mookie Betts to uh, second base, which again, it still doesn't really solve your outfield problem. It still kind of has you back at square one with needing a center fielder or needing a left fielder.
0: Yeah, well, you know, like I said a few minutes ago, I feel like Mookie and center would be fine, but, you know, we'll see what we get. Um, I, I I, think if the Dodgers are able to land a guy like Aaron Chudge, they should do whatever they can to do to, to make that happen. Um, obviously, there's the, the news that he is allegedly meeting with the Giants this week, which has been something that a lot of people have been talking about. It was the video that came out of him checking into the hotel, so, um, <laughs> right. you know, uh, and, I, and I think it's kind of funny, too. But, you know, we'll see what we get. It depends on who's willing to throw the money at him and who's willing to be a contender um, and who would be a contender with him in the lineup. Um, I don't know if the Giants are there yet, but what is, what is Aaron Judge value right now and how how out are the Yankees actually? Um, yeah. Because I, 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 I saw a headline today that was like, him meeting with the Giants is basically the last like cue for the Yankees. Like, if you don't make an offer, this is it. It's like, is it, though? I don't know. So, it, it, we'll see. And I think this is going to be something that's dragged out for a little while too. Um, but yeah. yeah, if he ends up in Dodger blue, I think that's I think that's great and the Dodgers should do what it takes to get him even if it means moving Mookie elsewhere. Um, but again, I think that the best way to solve your outfield problems are are to 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 not necessarily move Mookie bets to, to second base.
1: Yeah. I mean, I've prefer-
0: played center field with the Dodgers before too, so. Yeah.
1: I mean, I'd prefer that, whether it's Mookie in center, whether he moved Judge to center. I know it's kind of harder for him, but again, if if Mookie is the one that's saying, like, I want to move to second base, like, I want to do this, then Cameron Lee Fulton, like, you'll go with him. But I did see some report on Twitter today. I think it came from Hector Gomez, who... He's kind of like 50-50 when it comes to his reports. He's broken a lot of stories in the past, but I think he also said that like Juan Soto to the Dodgers was a done deal during the trade deadline, so again, he's kind of 50-50, but I think he said the Dodgers made an offer of $215 million to Aaron Judge, didn't include the years, so if I were to guess, that's maybe like a five-year, and fifteen million, six-year two six-year, $215 million deal, which would make sense. It lines up with the Dodgers with doing those shorter-term deals with higher you know, averages per season. Again, I don't know how official that is, but if that's the case, I wouldn't be shocked to hear the Dodgers go that route. But at the end of the day, I think Aaron Judge goes to whatever team offers him the most money, and I think it's going to be the Giants, considering they literally publicly, a week or two ago, said we are willing to outbid anyone and open up our checkbooks. So uh, we'll follow that moving forward. But Josh, before we take a quick break and move to the Q&A and the draft, Uh, Something I quickly want to talk about is the fact that uh, Clayton Kershaw, his deal with the Dodgers isn't official yet, and it was reported almost two weeks ago, so again, pretty much every major reporter that covers baseball as a whole and covers the Dodgers as a whole, they all said the same thing, Uh, Kershaw's coming back, one year deal, but it's been two weeks, so are the Dodgers just uh, waiting and holding off on him probably not taking his physical yet and just kind of seeing how the roster constructs, or... Was this news uh, maybe prematurely leaked, and uh, Clayton Kershaw might be undecided? What's your uh, what's your worry meter at in regards to the fact that it's been two weeks? I I'm not actually
0: that worried. Um, I I think that maybe this could be something that they're just dragging out a, a little bit longer, and that's that's totally fine for me. And I see why they might want to do that. So. I'm pumping the brakes a little bit. Um, if it was leaked too early, then it was week too early, but I'm not really that worried at the moment. Um, we'll see how much longer that goes for me personally. Um, but as of right now, it seems like he's still coming back and they just haven't made it official yet. Um, and I don't want to uh, jump into the, the full-on freakout mode that I think some people have. Um, so, So that's kind of where I'm at.
1: We'll see what happens and give it a couple more weeks and then see where we're at. Yeah, I'm keeping it low for now. I'm just thinking that he's still in Texas. He's with the family, doesn't want to take that physical just yet. And Clayton Kershaw will be a Dodger, hopefully. Hopefully next episode we record, the deal's made official. But again, just, just a little something to keep in the back of our minds. So we are going to take a quick break. But when we come back, we're going to be quickly answering some questions from the fans. And then Josh, we'll be getting into that Thanksgiving side dish draft that you're going to try to win your first ever draft. So get thinking on those. We'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. Alright we are back Josh before we get to our draft we are gonna answer some questions from the fans and the funny thing is Josh a lot of them are asking us what's our favorite Thanksgiving side dish most of the questions are asking us that so we're gonna hold off on some of those but we're gonna go to Victor Cruz first will Bobby Miller be called up next season. Uh, I say yes, uh, and at some
0: capacity, I think we'll see him for the Dodgers, which I'm excited to see. He's got a lot of good tools, um, and uh, I like the arsenal that he's gotten from what we've seen from him so far um, in in different uh, other capacities. Um, I've been impressed, so he's one of the, obviously, as most people are, one of the Dodgers prospects I'm most excited to see, and I think that we do see him um, at some point next season.
1: Yeah, not on the 40-man roster, but... I think we will see him at some point, kind of like with Ryan Pepio. I think Pepio was called up like midway through the season, if I remember correctly. So I think at some point, maybe in the summer, we'll get Bobby Miller. But again, only has a handful of starts at the AAA level. Want to hold off, give him a few more starts there. m and Vera, should the Dodgers just go after everyone? Verlander, DeGrom, Trey Turner, Carlos Correa, Judge, Heck, trade for Otani, spend all the money, pay the huge luxury tax, and just try to buy a full-season championship. So, Josh, I know the Dodgers have said they're trying to get below that luxury tax number. They're trying to save money. So are you in favor of trying to reset the tax, save some money, and build for the future? Or are you just saying, screw it, let's just uh, do a Steve Cohan, go over the tax, spend as much as you can, and just build the uh, the roster of death that will well, probably I... get bounced in the first round next year? Yeah, I mean, if you're going to lose in the first
0: round, what does it matter anyway? Um, I Go in between. Go get somebody big. I think the Dodgers can't afford that. Um, I don't think it's worth blowing it all up to try to, to try to either, one, save money and not go and get anybody, or two, go out and just do whatever you can to capitalize on this season. I think the Dodgers have a roster that's right there. The Dodgers had the best roster last season. Did they win? No. Did they choke in the playoffs? No. Going in, were they the favorite? Yeah. Were they the best team in baseball? Yeah. Yeah, they should have been able to win last year. They should have won last year. They just didn't bring it in the, in the NLDS. So with the roster that they have right now, should they be a favorite to win the World Series? Absolutely, they should be. You add a piece or two here and there, depending on who those people are, are you an even more of the favorite to win the World Series? Yeah, like you have the best roster. You should be able to win the World Series. I don't think you need to go out and trade and you know pay everybody. Um, but to an extent, I think that you do need to be aggressive in free agency, whether it's with retaining some guys that you just let go, try to get team friendly deals, or if you're going to go out and make a big splash, I say go for it.
1: All right, Josh, we got uh, time for one more. This comes from my man Angel. He, that's not his like Twitter name, my man Angel. He's actually my boy Angel, but I'm okay. just throwing him a, a nice thing there. And uh, this is a phone for you, Josh. If you were the general manager, what hmm. moves would you make for the Dodgers? So you're in charge now, Josh. It's all on you. You're not hosting the show anymore. Actually, you still probably can if you want, but you're running things for the Dodgers. What do you do in this offseason? Money's not an option. You can trade anyone. What are you doing? So first of all,
0: I'm going to go out and I'm going to resign Justin Turner. I think that he's very useful for the Dodgers, and I think that he deserves another uh, another chance to retire as a Dodger, too. Um, so, so I want to get Justin Turner back um, with a more team-friendly deal, which at least in my opinion seems like a reasonable thing to do. Um, both for him and for the Dodgers. So that's that's one move that I'm going to do. I am going in on Aaron Judge. I'm um, I am, I am definitely going in on Aaron Judge. I want to know what he wants. I would be willing to offer it, I think. Um, and then at that point, I'm also staying in touch with Cody Bellinger, and I want to figure out how quickly he's willing to go somewhere else. Because if Scott Boris, what, if what Scott Boris says is right and that he is looking for a team-friendly deal, I want it. Uh, I I want that, or not a team-friendly deal, but a one-year deal. I would want that because I think that's a more team-friendly deal to give Cody Bellinger another crack before he maybe goes elsewhere in a year. Because if you don't get Aaron Judge, then I think why not go get Cody Bellinger and solidify your outfield defensively and hopefully capitalize on his offensive potential this season, which I understand, you know, if things aren't working out, maybe it's time to even trade him at at the deadline or something like that. Um, But. From a priority standpoint, I'm not making Justin Turner a priority. I think that's something that just needs to get done. Clayton Kershaw is allegedly done, um, but we haven't heard about it yet. I'm making that a priority. Um, But I'm definitely making Aaron Judge a priority. Um, A a fallback option, I think, would be be, uh, Cody Bellinger. One thing that I do really want to see, and I think this one is very unlikely, but I think Dansby Swanson would be an amazing option at short for the Dodgers. Beyond that, another one that I don't think is super, um, you know, we'll see. I I, I think it's a possibility, but but Bogarts would be a great option too. I'm going out and I'm getting a shortstop because I I want somebody who's going to hit the ball. I want somebody who's going to fill in for Trey Turner. And look, it just seems like that Trey Turner's not going to be that guy. Um, If I'm the Dodgers, I would stay in touch, but I'm not banking on anything. And I think that you can save a little bit of money and also get a really good shortstop who's good defensively and offensively if you look at guys like Bogarts. And and uh and Dansby Swanson.
1: See, I was just waiting for you to say I'm forming the Los Angeles Chatham Anglers, and I'm signing every <laughs> free agent that was at Chatham. I'm traded for every player that was at Chatham, and we're developing a full 26 man roster. Hey, if you're on the roster currently, no offense, Clayton Kershaw, Justin Turner, sorry, you're gone. You didn't play at Chatham. yes yeah, I'm assuming you didn't. <laughs> let Let's see that. You know what I'm
0: doing? I'm going and I'm making a trade for Alec Manoa ASAP.
1: Yes. <laughs> Yes, and then get a uh, get torque over here while you're at it as well. So Yeah. yeah, yeah it's it's not? a good master plan, Josh. My I think I like mine a little better, but we I'm actually sure have it. to do that whenever whenever you have some spare time, Josh, just like so if for a future episode we can just look just like develop the 26 man roster of former Chatham players just to see how much of an all-star lineup that would look like cuz I'm sure they'd have some uh, some studs there. So, Josh, we're going to wrap things up. It's our first draft in about a month. For those of you that are new to the new to the show, essentially Josh and I pick a topic, we do a draft, we each take five things, we go back and forth. So, Josh, you have yet to, you have yet to win one. You did win the poll mm-hmm. in regards to Christmas music. So, I'm going to give you that momentum. Let you take the number 1 overall pick. That way you can maybe help you uh towards your push towards winning the first ever pull and again if you guys want to vote on which one you think is better follow us on twitter at inside the ravine we always post the uh the graphic there and you guys can vote for who has your favorite so josh again this is assuming turkey is already on your plate because that's the easy number one but now everything is on the board you have every side dish imaginable your plate is empty your plate can hold anything what are you taking first overall all right so with my first pick
0: i think i've got to go with the easy choice here and that's the perfect complement to the to the turkey on the plate, both the white and the dark meat, and that's the mashed potatoes and gravy.
1: Yeah, I figured that would be your first choice. I had that one listed as my number one, but uh, yeah. And, and it's the fact that you even threw. You didn't just say mashed potatoes. You had to throw in the mashed potatoes and gravy. You know exactly what it is you're doing. So with that one off the board, I'll go with my first pick. And uh, although it's a hit or miss, depending on what exactly you have, like what kind of format you have, you got to have mac and cheese. Now, again, I know that mac and cheese can make or break the dish depending on how good it is, but I'm assuming that I'm having the greatest mac and cheese ever on this plate, so I'm throwing it on there right now.
0: That's That's a really good pick, too, because you can go a couple of different ways with it if you're going with the creamy mac and cheese or the baked mac and cheese. I think the baked one, I'm more of a creamy mac and cheese kind of guy typically, but for Thanksgiving, I think it's better if it's baked. So, so that's definitely where I would have gone if I were you too. Um, but right. for me, my second, or my second pick here, um, I've got to go for one that's that's another that's another classic, um, something that um, can. I'll be honest. I think if you mess it up, it kind of ruins. If you don't do it right, it kind of ruins um, the the composition of of sides that you have on your plate. Um, but if you do it well, then you're looking really good, and you're looking at a Thanksgiving classic. And for me, that's the stuffing
1: yeah you're winning this draft (laughs) you're winning it (laughs) yeah i know stuffing is like the most random thing how you never hear about it 364 other days of the year but on thanksgiving day it's like every person in america's favorite thing to consume so josh uh it's quite the start for you uh, going mashed potatoes and stuffing how are we feeling
0: it's a good one for me. I, I'm feeling good, but but somehow um, people will see Blake Harris attached to it, and then I'll
1: lose. Nah. Yeah, we'll see. We'll <laughs> see about that. Uh, I'm going to go with the next one, and, you know, again, it, it's very simple. It could make or break depending on just how good it is, but, again, I'm assuming it's perfect, but nothing like a fresh hot roll with some butter. Like oh. a nice little, like one of those like mini like Kings Hawaiian kind of rolls. Get some of that hot butter you can just slab on there. Again, it's it can be however big of a piece of roll you want. It could be the size of you know my hand. It could be the size of like a baseball. Whatever you want to do, but a good roll, some hot hot butter. Uh, there's nothing nothing better because you can just put two on there, three on there. Hell, if you just want to have eight rolls and butter on your plate, like no one's judging you. By all means, go for it. But that that's always a a must have on the side. Yeah, see, I, I totally agree, and that's definitely where I would have gone next.
0: And and now for me, going to the third one. Um, I feel like it would be very, very rare for you to go to bread things in a row. And I know that stuffing is basically for the most part, just bread. Um, but I think here is a, is a situation where I have to go with some sort of bread just so that you don't hold a monopoly over them. And for me, that's going to be the cornbread. So I know that some, yeah. for some people, it's a very Thanksgiving kind of food and for other people, it's not. Um, and that's, what's so funny because after you get past say the, the main ones where you have, um, the turkey, the stuffing, the mashed potatoes. Um, and then, obviously, I think mac and cheese, especially recently, has gotten a lot more popular. Um, some people always have it, but I feel like like my family didn't always used to have it until I started pushing for it. Um, but some people are all in on the cornbread. Some people don't have the cornbread yeah. or some sort of casserole or don't have the casserole, you know? Um, for me, I'm going cornbread here because I think I got to have corn, uh, the, some sort of bread with it and the cornbread, you make a good cornbread and it's next level. So, So that's my third pick.
1: Yeah, it's interesting seeing how many different people just have a variety of different things like i don't think at our annual thanksgiving bash i don't think there's ever been cornbread that i can remember so it's like for me i'm not familiar with having cornbread where i'm sure a lot of people out there they do they love it they need it on their plate so i respect the pick i respect the pick but uh my next one josh this one i'm going to do in honor in honor of one of our friends uh personally i'm not a fan of it but i know it's a huge huge favorite amongst many people On Thanksgiving and that's a a side of cranberry sauce I know Mm. our uh, our big buddy Big L, he's a huge I think if you remember he says he like just puts like spoonfuls of it just everywhere all over everything again I'm not a personal fan of it but I know a lot of people are and I got to do this for the people out there that you know want their voice to be heard so cranberry sauce you know for those of you that are into it put it on whatever you want but I personally won't be putting it on anything, but I know people out there do.
0: Agreed, I'm not doing it. And then obviously there are some people that that will just pull it straight out of the can and plop it on there. So it's got like the grooves in the can on it. And it's like, oh man, I can't do that. I actually saw a poll today that was um, that had like over 500 votes, um, and it was yes cranberries, no cranberries, and it was 50 50. So sounds about it's right. A pol- it's polarizing. There is nothing that divides this country more than cranberry sauce.
1: Apparently at not. Thanksgiving.
0: Um, see, here's another tough one for me because we come down to this and we've got to start adding some vegetables to the plate. And here's my problem with vegetables. Um, my problem with vegetables is that I feel like your traditional, you know, your, your, your vegetable sides for Thanksgiving are the ones that either I don't like or the vegetables that I do have on Thanksgiving are the ones that aren't necessarily Thanksgiving style. So obviously one of them would be corn. Um, but I already have the cornbread, so I got to go elsewhere. So for me, I'm going to spice this up and make it a little bit unhealthier so I'm not really having more vegetables. and I'm going to add another potato dish here. I'm going to go with the sweet potato casserole mm. with the melted – either with the brown sugar or the melted um, marshmallows on top. I used to hate them as a kid, and now it's something that I always get a little bit of. And last Thanksgiving, I remember having a little bit of it and then eating a ton of it.
1: Yeah, I'm not a fan of it either, Josh, but I know people do love it. It's always served every year, but I just bypass it because I'm just not a fan of Sweet Potatoes. I just, for years, have just not been able to get behind it, but I'm starting to get a little worried. I'm starting to get a little worried. So that's why for my next pick, this is a tough one, because I have to decide between two things, and I don't know which one is considered a more popular item. I know they're both huge fan favorites. I know a lot of people love them both so much. But it's just a matter of which one do people like more?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know, but I'm going to take a guess. And I'm going to have pecan pie Whoa. for my dessert option. Not necessarily with all the food, but you got to have some sort of dessert option. And I'm guessing, I just have a hunch feeling that pecan pie is America's favorite. Obviously, you can go with apple pie or something like that, but I don't know. I feel like pecan pie, that is the one that gets people going. I may be wrong. I may be very wrong on that, but... Give me some pecan pie for a for a nice dessert. So that's a good one. My, I, I
0: always have a chocolate chip pecan pie um, at Thanksgiving because my mom is the one who always makes it. I usually don't like it. Um, and uh, personally, for my next one, I think I have to go dessert too. So for my next one, I would rather go apple pie. But you and I are likely going to get absolutely lit up in the comments if one of us doesn't pick pumpkin pie. Yeah. So I think I'm going to go pumpkin. It's not my favorite. I used to love it. Now I'm kind of, you know, I'm all right with it. Um, yeah. But I'm more of an apple pie guy. I think I have to take the pumpkin pie for the sake of just solidifying my 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 list here.
1: Yeah, that, that's the one that I was torn on. Either pumpkin pie or pecan pie. I feel like pumpkin's like the more generic one. But like mm. I said, I feel like I feel like there's a community out there. That is filled with passionate pecan pie people that probably like come together when they see something pecan pie related and go yes now is our time and i was hoping for that when it comes to the polls so yeah maybe i get that but i like
0: i like the i like the mindset
1: but the generic like i said if i was just a casual voter i would definitely lean the pumpkin pie even though i'm not much of a pumpkin pie fan myself when looking at all these thanksgiving sides i was like looking at a list of like the 105 best i was like man Mm -hmm. there's a lot of things on here i just don't like so maybe who yeah. knows but i'm gonna go with my final one kind of going back to the sites from earlier you talked about when you were talking about vegetables and it may be a boring pick but i feel like it's a simple one that a lot of people do enjoy and that's just like some hot buttered green beans some old-fashioned you know crunchy green beans can't go wrong there. probably the favorite vegetable that i have on the side i think it's a great compliment yeah. again may not be you know a favorite sexy pick but i like some steamed hot buttery juicy scrumptious green beans i'm trying to just sell the viewer now or the listener on how good green beans are just imagine those hot buttery just delicious healthy green beans see on your uh, plate mm. see
0: so see you're right I, I i think that's the traditional one that people go with and i'm not against the green beans for me personally i feel like i'd rather go asparagus or carrots or something like that like the steamed yeah. carrot i don't know um but but the green beans is the traditional one I do not like the the green bean casserole. I know that that's a staple for a lot of people. I don't like it at all. Don't. That was the one that my mom's like, try it when I'm a kid. And now that I'm an adult, it I make a point to go like when I walk past it. I'm. Not, <laughs> it, it's my choice now. Um. So I don't want anything to do with that. If it's normal green beans, I'll eat them.
1: All right. So what's your what? Actually, no. That I was. That was the final one because you went yeah. first. So. That wraps it up. All right, Josh, let's uh, let's hear what your uh, your top five are.
0: I've got the bomb mashed potatoes. I've got <sighs> stuffing. I've got um, the cornbread, the sweet potato um, casserole with the marshmallows. And I've got um, – what was my last pick? I just made it. Oh, and the, and yeah. the pumpkin
1: pie. There you go. Yeah, that's – It's a good uh, list. Boy. It's, it's a really good list. I mean, we got mac and cheese. Nice white rolls with butter. Some delicious, tasty cranberry sauce. I gotta sell this, Josh. A delicious, just earth-shattering pecan pie with some whipped cream on there. Mm. And of course, some just hot, steamy, buttery, delicious, healthy green beans to top it off. So, Josh, this poll is going to go up later. Again, if you guys are out there listening, follow us on Twitter at Inside the Ravine. Vote for your favorites. We'll see how the polls look and uh we'll see if when we record our next episode if you are a winner in a in a draft poll for the very first time. But I'm I'm liking your chances on this one. Uh, if you don't win this one, Josh, then I I will buy into your theory that I uh, yeah. get an advantage with the votes, but I, I find it hard to believe that people, uh, again, unless I find my pecan pie uh, it, army it out there. It pays off. Yeah, that no, comes I, in, I, yeah.
0: I think you're right. I think this is the one for me to win. And I think I do. I'm I'm really happy with my list, but you, you were, you were in a tough scenario with me going first and getting the, the mashed potatoes, because I think personally, I think Mac and cheese is the slam dunk first pick for you. But if you were to go and try to get the traditional crowd and go with the stuffing, then that would have given me mac and cheese for my third pick. So then it's like, all right, Blake's got a good one. Josh has got a good one, but I've got the kicker of mac and cheese. So it's like, I think you had to go mac and cheese.
1: And I think it's a good pick. I I was thinking stuffing, but then I thought maybe you go like a pie or something. Maybe you go elsewhere. It was a gamble. But we'll have to wait and see. So, again, make sure you guys vote on Twitter at Inside the Ravine. You guys can find us all over social media at Inside the Ravine. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and we're on YouTube where you can watch the full episodes as well. And make sure to listen wherever you guys get your podcast on the Odyssey app because we are presented by Odyssey Sports or on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever you guys listen to your podcast. Josh, before we head out for the week, any uh, parting words for the listeners out there?
0: Oh, happy Thanksgiving, Blake. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. I hope that you vote for my my list. But if you don't, that's okay, too. I just hope you have a good
1: Thanksgiving. Well said. Well said. Again, make sure to go vote in that poll. Make Josh happier. Again, just if if you like pecan pie and delicious green beans. Some just earth mouth watering cranberry sauce oh you're making think me about uncomfortable it right now they can't well to start this but again thank you guys so much for listening we do appreciate it make sure to subscribe and follow wherever you guys get your podcast leave us a review if you'd like to do that as well for josh Schaefer, this has been blake harris make sure to stay tuned for more dodgers podcast in the near future thank you guys so much for listening and enjoy the rest of your day wherever you may be